Why are you sitting in that, bro? Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibros. And welcome to another week of the Amiibros podcast. How's everybody feeling? Appreciate you guys tuning in for another week. I'm your host, Damon Martin, along with my two brothers, Jared and Jeremy. JD's, how you feeling, man? You good? I'm feeling great, man. Uh, Tiger got a, a a huge W, so you know that obviously had me hyped. Um, and uh, Jared's team just found out they were going to lose week one and need to start back over again. So, you know, it's good to do. Sot? <laughs> Well, DMART, I appreciate you joining us. Uh, if y'all don't know, Damon's uh, on the road, so uh, he, he's on remotely, so it might sound a little weird from the audio, but uh, appreciate you joining us. Uh, let's kind of get into a little bit of the report card of what we got going on for sports right now. I got Masters, Tiger winning the Masters, check. I got NFL schedule release, check. I got NBA playoffs, check. I got Warriors blowing a 31-point lead and Patrick Beverly holding Kevin Durant to more turnovers than shot attempts, checked. Let's let's get after and got him ejected in back-to-back games. I'm crunk. Let's go. <laughs> All right, fellas, let's get right into it. Uh, let's start with, uh, obviously, the, the biggest story of the weekend along with the playoffs, Tiger putting on his uh, 15th green jacket, first ring green jacket in the last 14 years. Um, is this the greatest comeback in sports history? Let's see what you guys got to say. Tiger, the greatest comeback story in the history of sports. What? How? What? <laughs> not even question. Not even close. Not even close. If you really look at it, the only way, no, I will say it's close. Uh, the other sport would probably be the same thing. If you Ben Hogan getting in a car accident and coming back and winning the major 36 months later after, what did he break his back? He uh, broke his neck. He broke his legs and arm. He, like, he pretty much broke his entire body. He, uh, he almost died. He was in the hospital for about five months, came back and won another major. Um, but to see what Tiger has done, to see the level of competition that's out there um, from a guy who, you know, let's just look at I'll keep it. I'll keep it. Something Jared will really appreciate. Let's stay with the Tiger theme. Clemson Tigers. Last time they won a national championship before this year, Deshaun. It doesn't seem like it was that long ago. At that point in time, Tiger could not walk. Tiger was sitting. Tiger said he could not coach the President's Cup because it would hurt his back too much to fill all the bumps in the golf cart. To go from that. To a guy who's hitting any kind of shot he wants, irons, everything is dialed in. I mean, the way Tiger's winning now, which makes it even more impressive, it's completely different from the way he was winning when he was winning all the other majors. First major he's ever won from coming from behind. You look at the way he played. He was hitting this driver 44th. Uh, he had the 44th longest distance uh, on average for the drive in the Masters. It's midway. You've never seen that with Tiger. He was 46th in, uh, in putting. He was actually 
40, I think it's 40 something in driving accuracy. So if somebody to be 46th in putting, 44th in distance, and 40 something in accuracy, to win a tournament like the Masters, you realize how good you have to be hitting your irons? How good, how, how much you have to know exactly where to miss, where not to miss? Because honestly, Tiger probably left eight or nine holes out there where he made miss putts inside six feet. I mean, that's Tiger in his prime putting would have would have been at, at 20 under today um, for the tournament. But I think Tiger's back. I think it's great that the PGA Championship is going to be a lot closer this year because they moved it up to avoid NFL season. Um, so it's in about a month. Um, I think he's going to be good there. I think he's going to do good at Bethpage. And also he's going to do good at, uh, at Pebble Beach. And I think it's going to be, you know, some more of this momentum of Tiger dominating the sports world for a long time to come. I don't think this is the greatest comeback of all time, and I'll tell you why. Um, it's a great comeback. It's one of the greatest of all time. But when you look at it, I got to give it to Muhammad Ali as the greatest comeback of all time. Obviously, for him not fighting in a war and being jailed, and then by the time he got done from being jailed, he, he was banned from boxing uh, for for year and year and year from from his prime. And then to come back and win the heavyweight championship of the world, to beat the likes of a George Foreman, a Joe Frazier, um, as Muhammad Ali from beforehand when he was Cassius Clay, um, I think that's the greatest comeback of all time. I'm not going to be a, a prisoner of the moment and look at it and try to, you know, I'm not taking anything away from Tiger. Tiger is magnificent. But when you look at it, uh, and golf, one, is not a sport where you're, you're, you're competing necessarily against another person. You're competing against the course. And as impressive as this was, I have to look at it and say, in this sport, I watched Tom Watson at 59 need basically a par on 18 at the British Open to win it. And he just didn't win it because he didn't get a par. And that's at 59 years old. So from a physical, a physical standpoint, I don't think you need to necessarily be – the greatest physical shape to be able to win a golf tournament. Obviously, it's huge. This backs together, um, and I think this is a magnificent, um, you know, accomplishment. And I think he's going to end up catching Jack because of this. Um, but if I'm looking at it, I can't give him the the greatest comeback of all time. All right, guys, let's switch it to some NBA. Uh, obviously, a, better, a, a very interesting night the other night. Uh, the Golden State Warriors blowing a 31 point lead, uh, and also losing to Boogie Cousins. Uh, what you guys think is 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 the biggest uh, point of concern for those guys? Is it uh, losing Boogie or blowing a thirty one point league, which is pretty crazy? Jerry, you can go ahead and go if you like. I'd, I'd love to uh, hear what you have to say about this. I know you're fiending to talk about the Golden State Warriors. <laughs> All right, so I think this is my thought. Golden State is the softest team we've ever seen. I'm going to say that, and I'm going to say it again. They are the softest team. We have ever seen any kind of adversity they face. They fall like lawn chairs at a, at a seven-year-old baseball game. Listen, you're up 31 points. And not only do you let a team without a superstar, their best players come off their bench and Lou Williams. Like, and Lou Williams is great. ATL, he represents. What? How? But I'm hearing people talking about, yeah, yeah, and, 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 you know, such a tough injury, you know, the little Boogie Cousins. Y'all got five All-Stars. You lost who, one who of them. You, who are you hearing say that? Like, you, I, don't, I don't know who these people are. I've heard one person say that. I, I, I can go through it. 
I, I heard uh, Jalen Rose talk about how they were in trouble because they had that. I heard Stephen A. Smith talk about that. I heard Chris Carter and Nick Wright both talking about how they were in trouble because of the fact that Boogie Cousins is a huge member. And then they used the dumb excuse of, I mean, take any player and take a starter off their team and tell me they're not they're, they're not significantly worse. I think they're, I mean, better, with, I think they're well, better without them. Yes, they are probably. But you know the problem? I don't care if they are because you have – Four all-stars on your team. I don't want any Draymond's excuses. Draymond's not an all-star. I'm sorry. Draymond's not an all-star. Draymond, Draymond, don't tell me Kevin Love's an all-star and then tell me Draymond's not. Sorry. Kevin Love for his career average is 17 and 12. Draymond for How, his career average is 9 and 7. Is Draymond, Draymond's better at defense than Kevin Love is at offense. No, he's not. Draymond has been the best defender in the league. Kevin Love's never been close to the best Dr- offense Draymond, player in the league. Dr- Draymond, from he's a different style. But for a level of a basketball player, Draymond is Ben Wallace. No, Draymond is Dennis Rodman. So, with that being whoa, said, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to. Go ahead, continue. Go ahead. What? Oh, with I'll that say, being I'll said, your nonsense. I'm so tired of people giving them a pass. I, you know what? I think they're gonna lose to at, at the end of the day. I think they're gonna lose to Rockets next round. But you. Kevin Durant. Let's get into Kevin Durant real quick. I think this has been the worst, the worst thing that ever happened to Kevin Durant from a basketball perspective. And I'm gonna tell you why. Not only is Patrick Beverly shutting you down, which Patrick, Patrick Beverly gets in, in a lot of people's head. He's a great defender. But not only is he shutting you down, but he's he's so far in your head, you've gotten ejected twice. He drew you into two offensive fouls. When you get a, a foul out, that's considered an ejection. But let me continue. The dude took eight shot attempts and had that's nine turnovers. That's because every time he catches the ball, they double him. <laughs> huh. Huh. Well, first off, I remember when that happened with LeBron this year, Patrick Beverly. I didn't hear anybody say anything about that. And, and the thing is this. LeBron wasn't turning the ball over. LeBron was passing the ball, and nobody could hit a dog on a shot. He's got Steph Curry on his team. I don't want to hear about what they double on him. Well, the pass to Steph Curry, don't turn the ball over nine times a game. He's got 16 turnovers in the first two games. Look, at the end of the day, even if you're going to play bad like that, you know what you can't do? You can't, after the game, avoid the interview questions, not actually go to the interviews because you don't want to talk about it. No, I'm sorry. Kevin Durant doesn't get a pass for that. You know why? My boy LeBron wouldn't get a pass for it. And, I'm, and everybody's saying he's the best player in the world. Best player in the world right now is Giannis. And I don't want to hear about Kevin Durant stop, being stop. the best player in the world ever, ever, ever again. He's not. The best player in the world plays Thank wears you. number 30 and shoots from half court. Steph Curry has been the best player in the world since 2015. I've been telling you that. KD Steph Curry wouldn't even is the, the most talented. Steph Curry, uh, Clay, or KD is the most talented player on that team. But talent doesn't get you anywhere. That's what I've been trying to tell you LeBron fans forever. You have to have something else inside of you. You know how this comeback happened? Because Steph Curry picked up his fourth foul. And they were up 16 points. And they blew a 16-point lead in the five minutes that Steph Curry was out of the game. That's what happened. That's what happens when Jeremy, Steph Curry how much, how much time was allowed? How much time was left when Steph Curry got back in the game? Uh, full quarter. Who who had the game winning shot on his hands with them down two? Uh, who who made the game winner three? Or who who made the three to tie it up with fifty seconds left? And it it wasn't to tie it up. It was to take a three point lead, and it was a great shot. But there's there's not the same pressure when the game's tied and you're trying to make it compared to being down. 
Okay. Jared, this is nonsense. First off, I know exactly how the Warriors feel. I know exactly how they feel because this is exactly how I felt when you came in talking about you beat me in golf. The Warriors were up so much that they just fell asleep. And they were like, the game's over. Like, what are we talking about? Like, when is this game over? And by the time they realized, oh, this is a game again? And you know, so, so I've done that before to you. Now I just beat you on the regular. But you understand the feeling also. So you get to a point to where you've given up on a round. Hey, I'm not going to shoot the score I wanted to shoot. So whatever. I'm just kind of hitting balls around. And next thing you know, you go, oh, man, I didn't realize we were actually playing. And I can't get my game back because I haven't hit a meaningful ball in the last hour. So. That's what the Warriors are feeling. The Warriors are going to win this series in five. They're going to dominate the Rockets. I think the Rockets are still going to They're not going to dominate the Rockets. I actually think the Jazz, the Jazz is going to push that series in six or seven games. Um, and the Warriors are going to win the title. Only team that has a chance of They should win the title. The only time team that has a legitimate chance of beating them is Boston. That's it. Boston is going to win the Boston doesn't East. have a chance. Boston didn't have a chance. Please, anybody that wants, anybody that listens to the podcast or on this podcast that wants to bet me that Boston's going to beat Milwaukee next round, let me know the number. Because I'm telling y'all, that series won't be close. I, I, I'll it let won't you be. know the number. So, so wait, what, you, let me know the number. These, you guys remember when it was the, the 85, I think 50 on, on, uh, on that. Yeah, I, I got 50 you on Boston. Celtic? You I'll take it. I'll, I, I, I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll take both of those. I'll take right, I'll, cool. I'll take B O F U M both of them. What did I tell you about um what what did I tell you about <laughs> the Celtics when uh Kyrie when everybody's getting on Kyrie? I said Kyrie understands. It doesn't really matter to the playoffs. Kyrie's there. What did Kyrie do tonight? Fifteen of twenty six, six of ten three pointers, thirty seven points, six rebounds, and seven assists, and a win. I told you. Sure, who are they playing? They're playing the Pacers without without Oladipo. Like what? Are, what are we talking about? Jerry, Jerry you had like the Pacers who's, didn't have who's the best player. Have who's the best player on that team right now? Majority of the team. Jeremy, probably, but probably Jeremy, that's, that's not the playoffs. Here's the thing: when you're playing in the regular season, if you play with effort every night and you have at least a defensive identity and a decent head coach, you can win games by out out hustling people. Then you get to the playoffs and people realize. Okay, we can game plan. We're all going to have three days rest, rest in between games. No, no. I don't want to see that. I want to see the matchup when Eric Bledsoe is all up in him and everybody else on the court is 6'8 or above. I want to see him play there. Sure. Oh, yeah. Eric Bledsoe was on the team last year when, they, when he couldn't stop Terry Rozier and Terry Rozier kept busting him. You know, I remember Terry Rozier busting Eric Bledsoe every game. Jeremy. Every game. He wasn't busting him. And you're, you're forgetting that series was seven games. Jer. They didn't have Kyrie. And you, Jerry, you, you said he wasn't And they didn't have Budenholzer. Don't, don't you remember when, when Eric Bless was in a, in a meeting talking about, uh, talking about he didn't know who Terry Rozier was? You remember I, that? I remember series vividly. Every game. I'll take that 50 from both of them. <laughs> All right, going out of the East, it's going to be the Bucks. Bucks, Bucks like are, are, are winning the East. If it boiled down to the finals with with the Bucks versus the Warriors, I think the Bucks have a legitimate chance of beating the Warriors. They have everything you need to beat the Warriors. And you know what that is? They got shooters. They have enough shooters. 
And when you have length Jared. and you have the ability to be able to defend multiple positions, also? then you can you can do as we say, which is that's why they're gonna be match up very well versus them. I think that's what it boils down to. I mean, they're gonna beat the Bucks in probably five games. Like it's it's not gonna be a competitive series. Anyway, um, in the East, the Celtics are gonna come out like I've been telling you guys forever. In the West, the Warriors are gonna come out like I've been telling you guys forever. I don't think any of the series are gonna be close. And I think it's gonna be very entertaining to watch Jared, watch Kyrie, or the Golden State get more to more titles. Um, and I'm just looking forward to seeing that. I don't, I don't. Here's the, I, for some reason you think I have this. I, I didn't even go to the West, but I, I think I think you you think I have a problem with Kyrie winning a title. I don't care. Kyrie winning you a do. title. I don't. It's gonna, it's gonna discredit your argument that oh man, LeBron was out there. He did it in Cleveland. No, Kyrie because at the, the end of the day, Kyrie wins it. He's got Celtics. five. The Celtics are the deepest team in the NBA. If they win it, and here's the thing: if yeah, Kyrie, not. they are. If Kyrie goes out there and Kyrie gives you what he gave you versus with Cleveland, where he has three games of thirty-five plus points, I'm gonna say, as I've been saying, Kyrie's underrated as a player and he's very good. But I think at the end of the day, what I don't expect, and one of the biggest things that people. I think Kyrie is excellent, but I think he's going to miss you so many games per year. That's why I say I don't think he's elite. It's not because of the of, of oh yeah, well he's just you know whatever. I just think I just think he misses Jared, too many games. Jared, but there's a different argument between hey, I think that guy's a good player, or hey, this guy won title as the best player on another team. It'd be like if Magic and Isaiah played together. You're going to be like because Isaiah won a title as the best player on a team. You look back and go, man, he got to play with Isaiah. Like, that, that's not impressive. Like, oh, man, they, they beat Clay and Steph. That's not impressive. So, you mean like, oh, Kobe, you won three titles with Shaq. That's not impressive. Anyway, so the the, the team coming out of the West, I'm going to go sneak pick and I'm going to go with the Rockets. Now, I would not bet this, but I'm going to go with the Rockets. I, I just, I see it. I believe it. They will achieve it. But, um, after that, though, Jeremy, let's, let's get to the next topic. I've been waiting to hear you talk about this. Um, the Lakers are talking about trading. All right, trade. They're 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 concerned that they're giving too much power to LeBron in the organization. Um, we're looking at Tyloo and there's talks beforehand about David Griffin before he signed with the Pelicans. Uh, I'm gonna let you go ahead and go on this one. Like, tell me, are they giving LeBron too much power? First off, I think LeBron has way too much power in the organization because I think. The organization should be trading LeBron at this very moment. Um, it's nonsense for him to be on this team. They're not going to win a title. They're not going to attract a top free agent. So what is he there for? He's there to sell tickets. LeBron is the gate attraction at this point. He's not an elite player. Uh, no, he's, I'm not going to say he's not an elite player. He's not a top five player anymore. He doesn't play any defense. You have to run his system. That's why they're all, everybody's like, oh, man, we can get Ty Lue. We can get all these people that have worked with him before in the past. And we go... Why are we getting all these people? Like, why? Can we get a coach? Or can't we get a coach? Why do we have to get somebody to run LeBron's system? Like, I've never seen this before. Imagine, I'm trying to think about a, a, a perfect example. Imagine if Aaron Rodgers was like, oh, no, no, I need a, I need a, a Aaron Rodgers guy. I'm going to play the exact same way every game, and I don't need, like, regardless of the offensive coordinator is, I'm going to call my own plays. Oh, wait, that's what Aaron Rodgers does also. But oh, like Tom Brady overall, or Drew Brees, they don't change their systems every year. No. Name a quarterback who plays Jared, with different they systems. A lot. Wait, 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 wait. So, so the the, the the Saints went from being the most pass happy team in football to being one of the most run happy teams in football. They didn't change the system; they just ran the ball more. 
Jared, that's changing how you play. Jeremy, the Heat were the fastest, most up, the, the Heat were the most up tempo team in the league. The Cavs last year were the slowest team in the league. That's when, changing the way you when, play. When was, when, when was the last time LeBron played off, off ball? LeBron played off ball this year, but that's not his style. When, he doesn't. He doesn't play off ball. He can't play off ball. He's not good enough to play off ball. That's the reason why LeBron can only play his style. The reason why other players are much better than LeBron in history, and LeBron is one of the most overrated players in NBA history, is because when LeBron plays his style, no one else is allowed to play the style that makes them most effective. It's very, very similar to Russell Westbrook. But, Jim, don't even compare it to Russell But that's stupid. Like, they don't say, oh, when was the last time Drew Brees ran a uh, uh, read option offense? Like that. You you take whatever the guy's strength is and you figure out a way to use it. LeBron is best on ball because he's the best passer in the league. That's why he does it. LeBron plays his style. And the point guard has to play off ball. Because LeBron's not going to play point guard because he doesn't want to guard a point guard. The center has to play out on the perimeter. Oh, man, the center's got to stand out here and be a knockdown shooter. None of the other players, shooting guards, uh, small forwards, unless it's a Kyle Korver actually playing their games because most people like to fill the ball in their hands. Most people aren't catching shooters. Most people want to dribble the ball, pass it. Once I've touched the ball a few times, I'm in more of a rhythm. If I'm standing still in one spot, most people aren't good shooters. And that's why it's always, regardless who his teammates are, oh, man, I need a little more help. Oh, man, we too top heavy. Oh, man. You know what? If so-and-so would have made that shot, you wouldn't have said it. That was a bad decision for him to pass up a wide-open layup. No. This is why LeBron should be traded. Like, I don't want to see LeBron with all this. Like, I, I see it now. A year, before last year, I said we were three years away from being a title contender. Now we're three years away from beginning from under the LeBron rock. So. Yes. Let's, let's, let's take a couple things. A couple things that I want, I want to point out. First off, tell me the guy that left Cleveland or left LeBron at any point in his career, and after the fact, you said, oh, man, that guy got so much better after leaving LeBron. I'll wait. Kyrie's numbers haven't changed. Our perception of him hasn't changed. Neither did Love, neither did Wade, neither did Bosh, neither did Mo Williams. None of them got better when LeBron left. I've seen a lot of them get worse. Secondly, LeBron should be making all decisions in the Lakers organization. Every single decision. I'm going to tell you why. What's he going to do? Sign, sign Tristan and uh, Trevor Tristan and, and wait, sign wait, wait, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you exactly why LeBron should make every decision in the Lakers organization. Because who knows more about basketball in the Lakers organization than LeBron James? Not one damn person. Who in that, that organization knows basketball? Rob Palenka is a former agent. Has he proven himself as a GM? No. He's only had one year as a GM. He's been a GM for three years. He was there before Magic. So, with, no, he, wasn't. he was. He came in before he, Magic. He and Magic came in together. He came in the he year Magic before Magic. He was. That's why Magic he wanted did. him fired. He was. And, and, and at the end of the day, police. And, and I heard the argument today by Max Kellerman, and I thought it was brilliant. I don't necessarily agree with it, but he he blames Kobe for ruining the entire Lakers franchise. And he, he blames it. He said, "The second you bring up Max Kellerman, you automatically disqualify." Normally, you normally I would agree with you, but he said. If Magic can't fire Rob Palenka, who's giving Rob Palenka this kind of power? And it's got to be Kobe because that's the only person Jeannie Bush could be talking to. Is there no person who was responsible for giving Kobe Bryant, coming off an Achilles injury, two years and $50 million guaranteed? Nobody else would have given him that, that contract. But why did he get it? 
It's because of Rob Blinker. Oh, nobody else would have given him that contract. If, if Kobe went on a free agent market, Kobe could have Kobe could have signed for five years, one hundred twenty-five million from anybody who wanted. So, so what I'm telling you is this: nobody's signing Kobe coming off an Achilles injury for two years, twenty-five million. Everybody at the time said it was a terrible contract. There's not another person in that organization who's ever been a part of a championship team in a working capacity. And Wait, you throw in Ron, the Ron fact that on team um, has. Tyson Chandler been on the team? Rondo's not going to be on the team this year. No, I'm not saying they're players right now. Tyson Chandler's not going to be back next year. Rajon Rondo's not going to be back next year. Players are going to be there and people that are going to be there. The only person who's ever been a part of a championship team in any working capacity. JaVale's a one-year deal. I don't think JaVale's back. So, with that being said, I think the obvious obvious thought, from my opinion, is you figure out whatever it is that LeBron wants and you do it. You know why? Because it's not like LeBron came in to the Warriors and the and the Lakers were just like, oh yeah, yeah, we've been winning all these games, and LeBron got here and messed it up. How many he years did. they missed the playoffs before LeBron because got they there? Were on, they were five they were, straight. They were years. improving by nine they wins were, they, every year in Luke Walton. The first year Luke Walton, when Luke got there, Jeremy, they had won seventeen. Jeremy, games. It was two years when Luke Walton got there. They improved. They won seventeen games the year before. The next year they won twenty six. The next year they won thirty five. LeBron comes to that team and they win thirty seven. They would have been better off by not having LeBron on the team this year. Jeremy, Jeremy, here's what you don't get, though. Exponential leaps don't happen unless you have stars. I was shooting 102 in golf. Then I was shooting a 95. Then I was shooting an 88. You know, I'm still shooting an 88 two years later. You know why? Because at a certain point, there's a certain amount of talent you have, and you don't get below that until you develop. They don't have players. Name me one player on that team right now who if I told you NBA-wide we're doing a top 50 draft in the league, he would go top 50 outside LeBron. Name me one. As I can give you Kuzma. And don't dare tell me Brandon Ingram. definitely going top 50. Are you kidding me? Jeremy, no, he's not. If I tell you right now Kuzma or C.J. McCollum, who are you taking? I'm taking C.J. McCollum. Right. And C.J. McCollum is on, on the 50, like the 50th he's best player scared. in the league. C.J. McCollum is Paul George right now. What are you talking about? Paul George had 27 yesterday. But with that being said, CJ McCollum's never made an all-star game. CJ McCollum's never made an all-star game. At the end of the day, if if you're if you're your guy, you're like, oh yeah. If we're going through a league, nobody's taking taking Brandon Ingram over uh nobody's taking Brandon Ingram you, over uh answer your own question. Ben Simmons. Let, wait, wait, yeah, yeah, right. Ben Simmons is trash. Give, give, give me a break. I agree. Jim, I agree. Nobody, I agree. nobody in the league right now. What what um Jared Dudley said today. He said, Ben Simmons is a great player in transition. If you get him in the half court, he's average. That's exactly what Ben Simmons is. He is an average player unless he gets out of transition. Overall, um, I will. Okay. If if that's your your opinion, but at at the end of the day, he's better than Brandon Ingram. What is Brandon? I don't know one thing Brandon Ingram's good at. He's not a great defender. He's not a great shooter. He's not a great slasher. He might be the best shooter on the team. Best shooter on the team is Lonzo. No, he's not. He's not the best shooter. He can't shoot. Lonzo's the best defender on the team. At the end of the day, and I'm not going to go too much bantering, I'm going to finish my point. They don't have a player on that team if they had a draft with a top 50. And when I say a draft, there's a lot of players on there. Luka Doncic would clearly go over him. Trey Young would clearly go over him. There's not yeah, a player on that team that would go top 50. Please stop. Like, there's, like, there's just not. You're, you're talking about a guy like, we, we, we can't even argue that. There's, the not a, there's not one. You're talking about a guy who averaged 18, 5, and 3 playing with LeBron. All right, fellas, let's switch it to some NFL. Uh, Russell Wilson. Major news, he just got the he got the bag bag. Uh, 140 million, 107 guaranteed. 
Uh, I mean, obviously, question. Uh, obviously, the, the, the question everybody's talking about is: Is he worth it to the organization to be paying that much money? Uh, start with you, Jerry. I'll pass. Let Jeremy go first. Russell Wilson is 100% worth every dime he gets. I think Russell Wilson is the most underrated player in football, maybe one of the most underrated players in sports. I would take Russell Wilson right now over every quarterback starting a franchise, over every quarterback in the league outside of Patrick Mahomes. Um, Russell Wilson is, what is he, 30? Like, people look at Andrew Luck like, oh, man, Andrew Luck, he's still so young. He's got so much career ahead of him. He came in the same draft. Like, Russell Wilson literally single-handedly carries that team every year. Like, if you like, who was the best receiver they gave him? Doug Baldwin? We, uh, Golden Don't Tate? Those are two top like, 20 receivers in the league, though. Jerry, stop. They're not top 20 receivers. I'm not sure they're top 30. Both of them are um, because they got Russell Wilson throwing the ball. Um, what Golden go Tate made a Pro Bowl since, since he left? Yes. No. He made one with the line. Anyway, he did not make a Pro Bowl with the line. He made a Pro Bowl with the um, line. Jeremy was second in the league of receiving. Okay, Jared. Golden Tate signed for a lesser deal than Sammy Watkins, who can't stay healthy for half a season. Sammy so Watkins had the highest paid contract for Golden receiver Tate in the league. Overall, what I'm telling you is this he deserves every dollar he gets. Um, you're talking about somebody who's first in touchdown passes over the last two seasons. Someone who Vegas has is one of three quarterbacks that affects the line by more than three points if they're out. Those three quarterbacks are Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, and Russell Wilson. So Russell Wilson deserves every dime he gets, um, and I'm happy for him. Uh, I was actually unhappy for him because I was hoping that he was going to end up holding out. They were going to hold him for one more year, and then when Breeze gets out of there, we could go and make that trade for him. But no, good for him getting that money. All right, so, so let's let's just be a hundred percent frank. Russell Wilson doesn't deserve that much money, and I'm gonna tell you why. I love Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's a great player, but that team's never gonna win a thing again. They they won't win another serious. Like they won't win a division. I don't think with him making that kind of money. He and I'm not saying his responsibility. If I'm him, I'm trying to go out there all the money I can get. Like I, salary cap is something for for the owners to 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 try to limit the players. So I'm 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 never for that. But with that being said, there's no way they ever win another another ring, another conference championship, another division championship. As long as Russell Wilson's getting thirty five million dollars a year, and wait, they won't win they won't win another division. Nope. They will not win another division with him making that money. Let's put it in perspective. Who's going to be winning the top, The Rams, the 49ers when Garoppolo comes back. There's going to be a lot of there's a lot of competition in that division. Uh here's here's what I'm I'm going to tell you. Let's put this in perspective. The six highest paid quarterbacks in the NFL last year all missed the playoffs. The six highest paid all missed the playoffs. And as much as people are like, "Oh yeah, Russell Wilson does so much with so little." Uh what team led the NFL in rushing yards last year? Oh, it's the Seahawks. What? Uh, yeah. It, 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 Wait, it, it, did Russell not run the ball? Oh, it, it wasn't because of him running the ball, though. The reason they let uh, him it was. No, it wasn't because last year he ran the ball nearly half as much as he ran the ball two years ago. It was about how did they – in, in that situation, it, it, it was really about how did they, they play as a team, and they ran the ball more than any team in the NFL outside of when, when the, the – uh, 
when the uh, Ravens went with Lamar Jackson. So they, they build the offensive line, something that a lot of teams don't have. So when people say he's doing so much with less, I don't think they have they don't have great weapons. But Doug Baldwin's a very good receiver, has some of the best route running, some of the best hands in the league. You throw in the fact that he's ha- always had a great defense. That's help. He's always had. Maybe he hasn't always had a great defense. They didn't have a great defense last year. Jeremy, their defense he's, last he's, year was top 10. So I, I'm not telling yeah. you their defense always has to be Legion of Boom. You're telling me the majority of their time, he's had, a, he's had a great defense. So all I'm telling you is this. At the end of the day, I think Russell Wilson's a great quarterback. He's one of my favorite quarterbacks to watch in the league. But at the price that you're having to pay him, just say bye-bye to a lot of those players on that team. Lot, you better you better hope the only way they win anything with Russell Wilson under this contract is this. They better do the exact same thing they did before Russell Wilson got there. And that's, you better draft at an elite level historically, meaning you better get a Russell Wilson in the third round. You better get a Richard Sherman in the sixth round. You better get a Cam Chancellor in the sixth round. You better get guys late in drafts that turn into Hall of Fame caliber players or there's no way of winning because the the cap, you can't take up 25% of the cap and expect to be able to put a competitive team around. And I think at the end of the day, the teams that win are typically the teams that either have quarterbacks that are taking a play cut or have teams that have quarterbacks that are on rookie contracts. And $33 million or $35 million a year is definitely not a pay cut. All right, guys, as always, want to thank the listeners for uh, tuning in to us this week. We appreciate you guys. Make sure that you support, uh, share us, uh, tell your friends about us, and also follow us on all uh, social media platforms on Instagram. We're the Mebros underscore, underscore uh, podcast. So make sure you like us, follow us on that. Uh, fellas, you guys have any last takes? Yeah, go Clippers. Go Clippers. I'll see y'all next week. Let's get it. <laughs>